Hello and welcome to Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. I'm Chris Delamere. I'm Sam Bradley. And each episode of this podcast, we come into the bathroom, bringing with us ideas from the outside world and the insides of our brains. Our theme for this episode... Is badly, badly played kazoos. What's the other one? Uh, what's the Great Escape? That's right. Our theme today is Steve McQueen films. Okay, our theme today is football. Way. Um. Now we're both people who don't really like football oh no it's not a big part of our lives football is not a big part of my life that is true <laughs> what team do you support um um sheffield wednesday chris <laughs> <laughs> when when people are, when people are asked that question they, they don't usually go um um oh i do know i can't remember it's like <laughs> you, you you said that like you were asked what your blood type was and you're like oh, oh i do a know plus. this i found this out but I no i know what my blood type you're is. absolutely more definite about your blood type <laughs> than your football team yeah uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Chris. Ask me if I can name a single Sheffield Wednesday player. Can you name a single Sheffield Wednesday player? No, I cannot. Uh, Chris Waddle, does he still play for Sheffield Wednesday? No, I think he left. Uh, in like Paolo 19- Di Canio? <laughs> no. There was that, the goalkeeper who ate loads of pies. Uh, they all did. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't they? They all, they all eat loads of pies, okay. the goalkeepers. That's what the, that's their role in the team. <laughs> they eat all the pies. They eat so, all the pies. So the other guys can remain fit. Yeah. They, they take away all the, <laughs> all the gluttonous things from in front of the the strikers so they retain all the stodge yeah they are the stodge of the team and then all that's left on the buffet is sort of sliced, part sliced of rules, cucumbers you need stuff. like a you certain need... amount of stodge yeah in your team yeah 11 players 90 minutes one ball two goals and a certain amount of stodge a certain amount of stodge <laughs> i would say about eight percent stodge most of that goes into the goalkeeper exactly that's how you that's how you sort of fix the system isn't it yeah, it's funny that you would raise Paolo Di Canio because <laughs> okay. he, he was a Wednesday player Yeah, that was around when we were kids. Yeah. When I was in primary school, so maybe about eight, nine, nine or ten or something like that. I played on the Sheffield Wednesday ground. I got picked. My name got drawn out of a hat. I got picked to represent my school, wow. St. Marie's, and we did a penalty shootout competition with another school from Sheffield on the ground of Hillsborough uh, before a, a Sheffield Wednesday game against Blackburn. <laughs> okay. That Sheffield Wednesday won uh, 3-0. Uh, Benito Carboni uh, uh, scored. There's a name. <laughs> yeah. Another Italian who played for Sheffield Wednesday. And I'm fairly sure it happened. Now, this might be my memory playing tricks on me. It happened a week before Paolo Di Canio pushed over the referee. Pushed over the referee. Which was a very, very famous... It's a pivotal moment in Sheffield Wednesday history, right? I think footballing history. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous sort of football clips. Paolo Di Canio Up pushed, with- just sort of just really, really lazily, just sort of <laughs> flaps at the referee, and uh, the referee's fall is quite amusing. Up there with Eric Cantona's flying kick over the over oh, the sides. Oh man! I mean, this is why I like football. Or Zinedine like... Zidane headbutting that guy in the World Cup final. Exactly. These these. This is what football is about because it's all about like failed masculinity. <laughs> that's that's all it's about. 
and they're, uh, they're, they're the elements of football that I enjoy. Come to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Sam, remember like how last episode we tried to do a segue from eggs to time? Yes, Chris. Um, I was wondering, not only should we do a segue from time to football, we should do a segue from eggs to time to football. Okay. And then with every subsequent episode, we're going to make that trail longer and longer. Okay. So how do we get from eggs to time and then time to football? Well, there was people jokingly say American football is not football. It's hand egg. Hand egg. Because the, the football is an egg shape. Well, yeah, like rugby, like a rugby ball. A rugby football. So eggs is is rugby. <laughs> yeah. And time. Half time. Full well, they time. Have ta- they have half time in both. Eggs is rugby. Rugby doesn't have extra time as a part of their game, I don't think. Football <laughs> does. So eggs, rugby, extra time, not rugby, football, football. There we go. Well done. We done it. Yeah. Woo. So yeah. let's see how that chain goes. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. What a segue. Um... It's not the most viable of segments, <laughs> I have to admit. But I'm gonna, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. And um, I can't wait to see how insane it gets um, when we're about ten episodes in. Chris, neither of us are professional footballers yet. <laughs> yet. I think it's a bit late. <laughs> never say never, Chris. Um, no, I'm saying never on <laughs> you're that never one. Never going to be a professional I'm footballer. Never on that one. <laughs> But we cannot decide who should take the first dispatch. So we're going to take it to the field, take it out onto the green, green grass of home. That's not a football thing. (laughs) I think that's a Welsh thing. So we're going to have a competition. You know what football's all about. Kicking balls and competing in the beautiful game. The beautiful game. No, that's that's a football thing. Yeah, that was right. Uh, So what are we going to play? A bit of uh, Wembley Wands? (laughs) Wembley... Yeah, you can't play Wembley once. Spot, spot. We could play. S-B-O-T. We could play. Actually, play spot. I think the best thing would be to do a keepy uppy competition. Yeah. Okay. I'm really, really bad at keepy uppies. That sounds good to me. But I, I'm currently wearing some uh, pretty big um, steel toe boots. <laughs> so they're they're not the best things for doing keepy uppies. You didn't bring your Nike Predators. No, I <laughs> I left them in a previous life <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know if they make those shoes. All of my ref- I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Any of my football references are going to come from like between about age 9 and 11. <laughs> good. No, that's good. That's Which is what, 1998, 99-ish? Pre- precisely the age that I think some of my dispatches are, are sort of okay. ha- honing in on. Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's do Kippy Uppies. Well, you join us now on the field of dreams, the wonders where various wonders of magic and skill and pinash and football have taken place over the many years, where two men who should know better are passing a ball with their feet. Here is one of the players, Chris Delamere. Chris, how do you like your chances for today? Well, it's a game of two halves, of course. And not in this instance, because, oh, I'm sorry, very out of breath. Uh, I, I fancy my chances today, if I'm honest. Um, I'll go out there, put my cards on the table. Uh, I'll put a tablecloth down first before I put the cards on. Maybe some candles, 
my best cutlery and uh, I really think I'm gonna I'm gonna win today yeah okay so we're going to have two attempts each to do the most keepy-uppy kicks uh, knees count heads count on okay chest count um, arms don't count that's arms, not football wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean saying asking if chests count is is asking a lot of my ability <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get it up there uh, with a flat basketball with boots we are both wearing boots playing in a car park not with a football f boots let's not spikes you know they're um they're just like walking boots <laughs> with a flat basketball as you can see we are professional football players we're doing the best with what we've got okay Chris are you ready? When are you ready, Chris? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Valiant first effort there, Chris. Very good, very good. So Sam's go. Seven is the current aim to beat. Um, best of luck, Sam. Three. That was three. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Sam must be absolutely gutted. Well, I'm mortified, Chris. Uh, I'm, I've been working a lot towards that, but you know, it's a game of two halves and we're going to come out back into the uh, second half strong. I mean, what happened there is I sort of fell back a little bit and the ball started to get away from me and I completely forgot how this is supposed to work mechanically. In the second half now, Chris is lining up again with his boots in the flat basketball in this incredible competition of wits and physical prowess. Are you ready, Chris? Yeah, just about ready now. Okay, when you're ready. Okay. Oh, oh a big one, star three. <laughs> that one went a bit wrong, Sam. A really big one to start with. And it was really downhill from there. Um, so, uh, it's over to you, I guess. Sam's just showing off some of his basketball skills. Yeah, that's not the game we're playing, unfortunately, Sam. So I got seven in my first go. Sam got three in his first go. I got three <laughs> in my second go. So it is all to play for, definitely. So seven is the one to beat, so. Oh, no. Three, yes, that's it. I've won. I am the champion of the dispatches from the communal bathroom keepy-uppy competition to decide who plays their dispatch first. That's all it was about. <laughs> well, we're very bad at this. Yeah, really we bad. We're very bad at this. All right, let's go back into the studio. Well, listeners, I would say that is a categorical disaster on the field there. Um, but Chris, you did come out victorious, so congratulations. How do you feel? Thank you very much. Uh, I feel victorious. <laughs> It gives it gives me no emotional lift whatsoever to have trounced you. I, I guess I should get on with my dispatch. Oh, yeah. Well, this does mean it is time for your first dispatch, Chris. So for my dispatch, I actually went to an actual football game. I actually went to one. Um, and I went to one at the oldest football ground in the world. So this dispatch comes in the form of um, a sort of match report. Uh, and a series of observations, and a little bit of history as well. Um, so this is a dispatch from the oldest football ground in the world. On a mild Wednesday evening in March, me and my dad went to a football match, and we went to the oldest football ground in the world. 
how far did we have to go to find this this antique pitch um like half a mile like not very far the oldest football ground in the world as recognized by guinness world records is in sheffield it is in a suburb called Crosspool. so we walked and we went to see a game between hallam fc who are the second oldest football team in the world and a winterton rangers who i know nothing about and the action began before we could get there we were late so we missed kickoff but the action began for us Outside. Yeah, well, so we've missed kickoff. Of course we have. But uh, we're nearly there. I think the football has just come onto the road. No. no, I. Look, it's there, Dad. The football is on the road. It's outside the plough. <laughs> this is what you get in non league football. The man that I gave the ball back to said that uh, the balls cost £45. Seems an extraordinary yeah, amount of money. Forty-five quid. That's an expensive ball, I just say. Scandal, yeah. Many people pick it up on road and drove off with it. Do I get free entry now? <laughs> he said no. So here we are at the oldest ground in the world. You used to play cricket, didn't you? I used to play cricket on this. Yeah. It was first established as a cricket ground in what, 1804? Yeah, Allen Cricket Club is 1804. Yeah and then became a football ground in 1860. I'm shocked there is like a hundred people here, more. And where there was once uh, a porter cabin selling out of date Twixes, there's this, uh, the 1860 suite, which I believe was built with um, money from uh, a benefactor. Now the ground is much improved from what I remember it as. There is the 1860 suite, which sort of functions as a modest but quite nice clubhouse. The wealthy benefactor whose money allowed the 1860 suite to be built was a Mr. Roger Bell. Roger Bell was just a regular fan of Hallam FC. Nobody knew that he had much money. He was just an ordinary bloke. He lived with his mother. But then, after he died, a solicitor contacted someone from the club, telling them that he'd left them £400,000. Obviously, it goes without saying that there was talk of building a stand in his honour and calling it the Bell End. But that didn't happen. They built the 1860 suite. What struck me when we started watching the game was how brutally physical it was. The ball was getting slammed into people's bodies. It's like a rock-hard, massive potato just being... And people were throwing their bodies at other people's bodies and at the ball. It was a bit insane. When you are at this level, though, it really um, brings home the physicality of the game, doesn't it? Like these, these guys are going in hard for these tackles. And I've always thought of this first time I came. I remember becoming. This is like exactly as it was when I when I brought you when you were kids. It's everything's. It's all played at 100 miles an hour. There's no like hiding places. It's all you know. Every ball is fought for. So we've got Hallam uh, all in blue, uh, Winterton Rangers all in red. Um, all to play for still because it's is it nil nil? I don't know. There's no scoreboard. Is Where's the scoreboard? Well, there should be a scoreboard. Oh. 
also the proximity to the pitch allowed you an opportunity to see the complete agitation and frustration of the coaches they were playing with every single kick of the ball on their tippy toes for every header you could see how it was almost like this 90 minutes of football was like a symphony for them and they were the conductors oh, wow. that's half time one nil to Hallam. If you go into 1860 Suite, you can collect your prize. That's a 26 to 30. Thank you very much. We didn't get a raffle ticket. Didn't get a raffle ticket. Oh well. So we can't win it. If you're not in it, you can't win it. At half time, it was 1 0 to Hallam FC. And during the half time break, I got a little history lesson about the ground and about the history of football in Sheffield. What I want to know is, is it really the oldest ground in the world? It is the oldest yes. ground in the world. Yes, is the, it? It's the oldest permanent. They were playing football on here before the Declaration of Independence. What, before 1776? Yes. It said that football, because there was football of sorts going off hundreds yeah. of years before. Um, oh yeah, because it was called, they were bandaged at one time because people weren't practicing archery. Football was banned in the streets because it was, it was people people weren't going to archery practice. They were kicking bladders down the street. But it used to be formation used to be along the lines of uh, two, nine, and that was so two at the back, and nine up front, and then it, it was just, for me. Works for me. It was just basically a, a scrummage and a scrap. Sheffield code of That's football. Right. Sheffield rules. Sheffield rules like corners, cross yep. back, not quite cross back. Nearly all these things That's that you right, take yeah. for granted. The D. From here. Started from here. Now it is very interesting that in the development of the modern game of football, uh, Sheffield rules, rules that were devised in Sheffield, were incredibly influential in what eventually became the association football rules. And there was a 20 year period where the Sheffield rules were the predominant rules, I think. And it's really interesting that actually some of the elements of the Sheffield rules some like really big key elements of football concepts such as corners, throw-ins, and free kicks for fouls. They all come from Sheffield Rules. They, in a way, they come from that ground that I was at. Okay, back to the game. Uh, second half was underway. One nil to Hallam. Uh, could they take it any further? Could they get more goals in the net? Or could Winterton bring it back home? I'll be honest, I didn't pay that much attention. There was a bit where one of the Winterton Rangers players dislocated his shoulder, like quite badly. He was keeled over and he was holding onto his arm like an ape. Um, and uh, <clears throat> no one cared. <laughs> were much more dominant in the second half and it became a bit of a rout. So that was that. Um, it was funny in a way. It was much nicer than I expected. They've done a lot of work on that ground and amazing to see so many people out on a weekday evening for a game of football between two teams of people who 
just play it for the love of it. And that's that's kind of what I, I found out was it was this is the real game. This is the blood and guts game of football that people love to see. This is what people are passionate about. And you can see why people get turned off from football by the manner of the Premier League players. Yeah, it was a real blood and guts uh fish and chips <laughs> mop and bucket um kind of place. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd, I don't know what I mean. But it was real football. That's what I'm trying to say. So you go. That was the home ground of Hallam FC. Um, Sandygate is what it's called. And it, I, it's always fascinated me that it, the oldest football ground in the world is just like it, near my house. <laughs> yeah, well, you always hear people say that Sheffield United were the oldest team in the world. And no, had... it's not Sheffield United. It's Sheffield FC. Oh, sorry. Who were she... a different team. So, yeah, it's it's near and dear to our hearts. I mean, it's near. <laughs> it's, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> it's near. It's very near. And yet I visited like a tourist. Uh, what league do they play? Uh, the NCEL Division 1. <laughs> what t- which do you is know the what... North Counties East League. What tier I think. is that? Do you know? It's really low. Yeah. I was looking at this uh, for the purposes of this podcast about the tiering now so there is there's the premier league there's championship one champion no shit championship league one league two yeah then i think you get into the conference after that yeah so the top four leagues are the league and then there's conference i think they're like on the ninth tier or something like that well it's quite far down because that's what's interesting i was saying this to an american colleague of mine recently What's interesting about football compared to American sports is that you can, in in theory, Hallam FC could play Man United in an actual match. Yeah, absolutely. Eventually. They could get promoted and promoted and promoted. Well, because the FA Cup starts with the smallest of teams. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually it gets to, which is why you end up getting non-league teams in like round five. Yeah. Or something. I mean, it's happened really recently. Lincoln got through and they played Arsenal. Yeah, crazy. It's but crazy. Y- you don't get that in American sports. Like There is the league that's however many teams, 20 teams or whatever, and the teams don't go up or down. They just play every year. Yeah. And it's like, there's to me, there seems like there's no, there's both no like aspiration, nor is there any like true jeopardy. Because again, in theory, Manchester United could get relegated and relegated and relegated and be yeah, playing yeah, in yeah. some like low level pub league i mean it happens i think that's i think that's a really attractive quality of football in general like i said about failed masculinity before but like genuine sporting tragedies yeah of just a team that just capitulates one year well that's and what happened for the next 10 years they just keep falling down the league that's what happened to sheffield wednesday paolo di Canio pushed the referee over yeah and then they got relegated and relegated and relegated but then equally you have it the sa- the other way. Yeah. So you get like a tiny team. Like that, AFC that, Wimbledon. That grows through and through. and um, Yeah. All right. Shall we go on to my first dispatch? Let's go to that place. Or can we, can we come up with a footballing metaphor for... Um, let's slot a nice pass through midfield to your first dispatch. Any good? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Okay, there we go. Uh, so my first dispatch, I was thinking, you know, 
the obvious choice for us to uh, make dispatches about football is to talk about chants and football songs, mm-hmm. the songs on the terraces. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know what? How, how come all these, you know, fancy foreign millionaires get all these chants made about them? When, you know, Chris, you're working very hard. You've made some great dispatches. Hmm. So I thought I'd just make some chants about you. Oh, that's really just nice sort of, of you. Celebrate it, and then when you're maybe when you enter the room in the future, or you you bring your dispatch along, we can all sing this from the terraces. <laughs> I've made three of these chants for your uh, friends to choose from. None of them are particularly clever, but they they just exist. So here we go. Glory, glory, Crystal Glory, glory, Crystal Glory, glory, Crystal See, you can imagine that when you go in the pub. Yeah, it was pretty good. You walk in with your guitar and everyone's glory, glory, Cristela, me. I always really like the, um, Chris, give us a wave. Chris, Chris, give us a wave. <laughs> like, all they want is acknowledgement. <laughs> <laughs> they did it at Hallam, actually, and like, they did it to the head coach. <laughs> and he was just, he just like, yeah, all right, guys. <laughs> like, just, like, slightly raised his arm and they all went, way. <laughs> That's all they want, just a little, like, nod in their direction. Okay, the other two are um, my favourite kind of chant, which is where you take a current... or No, you don't take it. It's very important. It's not a current song. It's just usually a song from the 70s. Okay, so here's chant number two. Chris Is that N- Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, I I think they probably do sing that on the terraces anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. They must do. That's I've a great that, tune. I've definitely heard that one. So, boy, that dispatch was so good. So we could we could play that one after your next dispatch. Oh yeah. And here's chant number three, similar to the previous one. It's about a song. Now you will you definitely will have heard this one before. And it's And it's really good. Could, <laughs> did you, you want to put the extra bit? Uh, the sorry, because <laughs> that's that's been adopted by Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, hi ho, Sheffield Wednesday. Whenever I've heard that song, anywhere, I don't. It's not that often that I hear that song. Yeah, but whenever I hear it, I always sing hi ho, Sheffield Wednesday. Also, if you go out in Sheffield and it just gets played, <laughs> if it's just I don't know, I don't really sure what nightclubs were gonna play the the, the Jeff Beck group, <laughs> but um. I think solely for the purposes of Sheffield Wednesday yeah. <laughs> fans, it wouldn't get played otherwise. But you do, you do hear it played, and you can't hear the original lyrics for the amount of people shouting Sheffield Wednesday. Apparently, Wolverhampton do it as well. Oh, really? Hi ho, Wolverhampton! All right, what would it be more like? I am. I am Wolverhampton. <laughs> Wolverhampton. No, that's not Wolverhampton, no, is that's it? Dick Van Dyke's no. version of Cockney. <laughs> it's hard to do an accent and sing um, at the same time. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, how silver lining. Wolverhampton. Yeah. Hi, oh, Wolverhampton. Oh, how Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everywhere you go. <laughs> okay, that's half time. Uh, we're going to have a slice of orange, Sam. Get in the buff, get out the buff. Get in the buff, get out the buff. 
Segment's too big. Just cut it in quarters. Yeah, we're fucking stupid. Premier League players don't have to deal with this shit. Do you reckon they have oranges? Yeah, they must do. Mm. How are you eating it? Do you eat the pulp? What? Do you eat the pulpy bit? You're not just sucking out the juice, are you? Yeah. To answer your question, though, I don't think Premier League players do have oranges. I think they have, like, um... Isotonic drinks or something. So how do you think it's going so far, Chris? Um, now we're at halftime. I think I really need to look into my orange eating technique. <laughs> Maybe we should give each other a pep talk for the second half. Yeah, let's really go out there, really <laughs> give it some energy this time. Sorry, I got a bit of pulp <laughs> stuck in my throat. Really go out there, give it some energy, create some space, some room down the wings. You know, but patient, slow and patient build up. Strong passing between the two of us. I mean, we're really showing... Um, both our lack of knowledge of football <laughs> and our lack of expertise at podcasting breaking the bloody first rule don't eat on my <laughs> <laughs> I always like it you know at half time when they come back onto the pitch down the tunnel and you see the referees come out of their dressing room with the linesman yeah. and I always wonder like you can you get what what happens in a player's like dressing room the coach is running around telling them all to do better but then what what goes on in the referee's dressing room? Like, do they just sit there and have a chat and a cup of tea? Like, oh, this I is going think, well. I think they have just a, just as much of a breakdown of how they performed. Really? To yeah, each other? No, I think they definitely do, like, go, how do you think we went there? You know, did I call that right? Did I do this uh-huh. right? Because you, you always think, like, a referee's like this. They're kind of like this sort of god I thought you were go- I thought you were going to say god. <laughs> They're more like, like a pair of like benevolent angels or three benevolent angels on the pitch. dressed in black so they're more like the football's undertaker <laughs> or something. Yeah but they're the man in charge and but they're yeah. all so like stone faced and stoic. They're just interesting. Interesting characters. See this is what happens yeah, when... Yeah no they are interesting. It's kind of like who decides to go on that pitch exactly and, and just not play the football and just take shit <laughs> just take shit and make important decisions in front of thousands and thousands of people who hate you yeah. <laughs> like it's the worst job interview ever yeah all right shall we get back out there let's get back out there i'm warmed up well we're back in the game and chris it's up to you <laughs> uh yeah i'm back in the game this batch is from the communal bat doesn't fit. Um Yeah, so it's back with me, right? For my You've got the ball, Chris. I've got the ball at my feet. I'm gonna dribble it up the left wing and try and put in a nice little cross for Sam to finish the header. Yeah. So in the goal. You know when we played football at school? Yeah. And people would say, people would yell stuff like, man on. Man on, yeah. Never really understood what that was. Another no, that one. That was when someone was near you and and the person who was on the ball didn't, might not necessarily have known uh, okay. because they were facing in a certain direction. I was, and someone else would tell them, oh, man on. I think I was never in that position where I had the ball. Oh, you never just, just <laughs> never had the ball. And the other man one was on. like, uh, square. People would just say square. Square. 
I don't know what I don't know what that means. Don't know what that is, means. Is that a pass sideways? Yeah, I think so. A big one, a big one that I I love I love to do is one two. One two. Yeah, <laughs> you're never getting that two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to, so yeah, a one two is if you pass it to me, I will pass it back to you. <laughs> I I sometimes used to like to just throw in like three two, three four, <laughs> just to see what people would two, do. Two one, two one, yeah yeah, one, just me. <laughs> one two. All right. There's, there's more. Anyway, <laughs> fucking hell, we get distracted, don't we? Okay, so back to my dispatch. Um, again, um, I think football is very tied into ideas of masculinity and maybe relationships with with other men in your life and we've talked about how they can be really like tragic and sad like sort of characters and sad and tragic teams and just shit happens and so i was reflecting on all of this and i remembered something from my childhood which at the time i found sort of devastating in a really weird way or at least jarring Jarring to the point that I can still visualize the very situation. And I was nine years old. Um, and I have written a song about that uh, that devastation and um, what it means to you when, when, you've, when you are confronted with something like this. Dad in his navy blue dressing gown Heard me coming down I was nearly always second to wake up in the house in those days I could never be that his height I was drawn to pause as I circled around him I just wanted my Rito Discomfort of me and 
Amazing. Thanks. Really, really good. A beautiful song. Gaza was just a big kid. He was just a big kid. <laughs> I mean, he's still, I mean, he's a very flawed human being. Yeah. That was kind of the point of the song. Why was he dropped? I don't know. I think it was because he was unreliable. He was unfit. He was past his best. Yeah. And he, and he, I think he clashed with Glenn Hoddle, who was the manager at the time. And he had a drinking problem. Yeah. He was an alcoholic. I remember thinking that was a big deal. Because my dad told me, and I was like, what? <laughs> it was it was literally a rift that had been created in all sense of my reality. <laughs> that Gaza could be dropped. Like, what? Like, I know he's past his best, but come on. <laughs> he's Gaza. But I think in retrospect, it probably wasn't that big a deal. Because he was past his best and 
Well, you sent me that article uh, yeah. that someone wrote. Uh, Joel Golby. Yeah. Of Vice. About, what, what was that one? The Euro 96. Euro 96 goal. in the UK. Like when mm. England against Scotland. Well, that was it. That was the last major competition that Gazza had been in, was Euro 96, which was here. Yeah. And he'd set it alight. <laughs> um, with his incredible goal against Scotland. Uh, and then, and then he didn't even make the next one because he was dropped, like out of choice. They yeah. they didn't take him. Unbelievable. Wow. But yeah, I just thought I'd explore some concepts of masculinity and growing <laughs> up, and uh, you know, adult life and problems that you encounter. Yeah. Well, that will. I think that'll be going on the greatest hits, Chris. Thank you. I it think really so good. too. Really, really good. A whole band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, thank you to um, various people that I asked for help with that, just in terms of giving me an opinion. Uh, Sean Morley, Stan Skinny, Andy Cook, uh, and Mario D'Agostino. <laughs> That's good. Uh, should we move on? Yeah, you've loved the midfielder. Um, uh, what was it? What was the metaphor I was using before? I was coming down the left wing. Ball. Left wing. No, I was coming down the left wing, and I was going to really nice cross. Yeah, uh, by the corner post for you to uh, head okay. with your forehead, with your forehead on the ball, yeah, into the goal net. Well, I've beaten the defender, and I'm I'm leaping forward. So let's see if I hit if I make the connection. Yeah. So here we go. This is a game. As we are, we've got a bit of a theme of doing a game every episode. Oh now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, ending the thing on a game. This is a pretty. Straightforward game, guessing game. I'm a bit worried I might have made it too hard. But, Chris, there is one thing I don't know that much about, and that is football. There is a second thing... That's the only one thing you don't know much about. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to think so. But there is a second thing that I do know some things about, and that is fantasy franchises. So, this is a quiz called, Is This a FIFA Football Player or Fantasy Franchise Character? Okay. So, first of all, you're going to have to tell me what a fantasy franchise is. Such as Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, or Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. In fact, those are the categories I have chosen. So, some of these are real footballers' names. I have five real footballers' names, and I have five fantasy characters. We're going to have categories, and then uh, you've got to tell me which one is which. Which is the football player, and which is the fantasy franchise character. Okay. Are you ready for the first one, Chris? Yes. So, the first one is the Lord of the Rings. Are you familiar with the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so... The ring thing. Yeah, the ring thing. So the two characters, imagine they might be hobbits, they might be elves, or maybe they're football players, goalkeepers, defenders, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we have Gildor Inglorian or Boo Wicklander. One of them is a football player and one of them is from the Lord of the Rings. Can I have them again, please? Boo Wicklander or Gildor Inglorian? I think Boo Wicklander is a footballer. That is correct. Yes! Are, they, are, are they Dutch or something? They're a Swedish midfielder Swedish. for IFK Soderberg. Fantastic. And uh, Gildor Inglorian was the first elf that Frodo encountered when the elves came through the shower. Oh, great. It's exciting stuff. One, one, one nil to you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next category is Star Wars. Star Wars, okay, yeah. Are you yeah, very yeah. familiar with this? No, no. I, I was banking <laughs> Football it. and Star Wars. <laughs> not, not great. Okay. Pools of knowledge for me. So, Arctanda Mo or Bib Fortuna? 
Oh. Oh, oh shit. Arctana no, Mo. I... <laughs> or Bib Fortuna. I just had one of those moments where I went, oh, I recognize that. And then I was like, but which one do I recognize it from? <laughs> I was like, oh, Bib Fortuna. I know that that's a thing. That's a Star Wars thing. Oh, no, wait. Do I recognize it because he plays for West Ham? <laughs> um, ah, fuck. I think Bib Fortuna is Star Wars. Yes. Yes. Bib Fortuna is the guy with that weird head that like goes as a scarf and he lets Luke into the... He's Like when Luke enters Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, he's like the person that he meets. He's also He also plays for Tatooine <laughs> FC. <laughs> yeah. He's actually in football as well. No. Uh, Arktanda Mo is a Norwegian defender for Stabiek football. So, okay. Um, all right. Chris, I'm banking that you don't know much about Harry Potter, but I... I don't know. I feel strangely that I might know more about Harry Potter oh, than Star Wars. Oh, I was I thought it might be the other way around because okay. I feel like there would be a very recognizable ne- like the, the Harry Potter names exist in a very specific place. Okay. So go is on, this a on, Harry Potter on. character, possibly one of the school children mm. or one of the wizards or I don't know. Dean Brill or Barty Crouch. Right. Now Barty Crouch sounds exactly like a Harry Potter character, but he could just be like, he could have played for Leicester in the 30s. What about Dean Brill? Dean Brill. Now he does, he does sound like, he sounds like he plays for his hometown. He plays for the team, like, for where, where he came from, like Port Vale or something. You know, he's a good lad from Stoke. Dean Brill. He's not great. He's not. A good, he's not a good player, which is always always, always ironic because they always like, oh, Brill is all right. He's not. He's not brilliant. He's not excellent. He's he's good. He's satisfactory. Um, I'm gonna go with. Wait, what was the Barty Crouch? Barty Crouch yeah. is a Harry Potter character. That is true. He is the Minister for Magic. It's three for three. This, yeah. And Dean Brill is a goalkeeper for Colchester United. Huh. So I think you pretty much nailed that one dead on. Well, n- no, but. <laughs> All right. So the next one is Game of Thrones. Are you aware of Game of Thrones, Chris? This, um, more so even than the ones that have come before, is a real black hole. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything about this Game of Thrones. This one I've chosen ladies. And, uh... That's not helpful. <laughs> so Game of Thrones character or lady footballer, Mira Reed. Ooh. Or Cecil Fiskerstrand. Right. I feel oh. like wait what 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 went wrong? Cecily Fiskerstrand. Oh, Cecily. That doesn't change my answer. <laughs> I think Mira Reed is the footballer. You are wrong, Chris. <gasps> oh shit. Mira Reed was that girl who wears all the like fur pelts and stuff that accompanies Brandon Stark and and Hodor and stuff north That's of the really, wall. This is nonsense. And Cecily Fiskerstrand is a, a Norwegian goalkeeper for Norway's national team. Oh shit! I was taken in by like the Scandinavian sort of sounding vowels and just assumed that would be a fantasy kind of thing because no. they do that. They do really rather pillage sort this, of. This is why Scandinavian I've mostly culture. Scandinavian football oh, I players. I see. I see what you're doing. All right. Let's so the keep last, going. The last one okay. is the Dungeons and Dragons. Now, Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy role playing game. Another thing that I like with football players is when they just have one name, like they're not. Oh, like uh, Maradona, Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. So I've chosen a one because, Chris, this mm. is in fact the name of my Monday night Dungeons and Dragons character that I play with our friends. Oh, Jesus. Which is just a one name character or a football player who is also just a one name so character. So this, this is your Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> yeah. character or 
a footballer known by one name, which you would assume is a pretty famous footballer if they only go by one name. So, Gilherm or Randolph? Can I have those again, please? Randolph or Gilherm? One is a football player. One is the character I play on Monday nights when we play Dungeons and Dragons over Skype. Ugh. I think Gilherm is your character. And Randolph is a is a footballer for someone. I don't know. I'm afraid you're wrong, Chris. Oh, no. Gilherm is a Russian goalkeeper for Lokomotiv Moscow. And Randolph is a half-elf bard that I play in Monday night's Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, so I lost. Well, you got 3-2, so you came out ahead. Great game. Great game. Good game. <laughs> Good game, Chris. Good game. Goals either side. Goals either side. Um, uh, but ultimately, one side got more <laughs> yeah. goals. And it was you. And it was both me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's full time, Sam. So full we've time. come to the end of the game, the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget, of course, that you can find us on our website, communalbathroom.com. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash communal hyphen bathroom. You can find us on Facebook, forward slash communal bathroom, on Twitter, at communal bath, on Instagram, at communal bath. And don't forget, of course, you can always email us. We're always happy to receive emails, perhaps a suggestion for a future theme for our show. Um, and that is communalbathroom at gmail.com. You can follow Chris at Spine Trolley. You can follow <laughs> Sam at sr bradley yeah that's right yeah well thank you very much for listening um go outside and kick a ball with your son Um, (laughs) have a son have a son do you have a son or a daughter or a daughter of course of course girls can play football too i'm so bad at gender politics (laughs) (laughs) i find myself so frustrating (laughs) well we're going back into the tunnel and applauding the stands well, thanks, stands. Thanks, stands. <laughs> and the people coming, in those stands. Thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to wash behind your ears. Bye, Bye bathers. bathers.